Hey y'all, welcome to episode five of Relation Shipping and Handling. I am your host, Hunter. I uh, can't believe it's been over a month now that I've been doing these podcasts. It seems like it's just gone by way too quickly. Uh, I'm having a great time. I hope y'all are enjoying listening to these podcasts. Um, today we are talking about a very controversial topic. Um, and if you listened or watched my last uh, episode with my mom, um, then I kind of teased it there towards the end, uh, but it is about self-care. Um, and specifically why I don't think, uh, why I don't believe that it is biblical based on definition. So this is pretty, that's a pretty controversial statement to make. Um, and I know that some people are very much going, what are you talking about? Um, but I, I say that based on what the definition is. And since we're talking about definition, let's look at what the definition of self-care is. And this comes from dictionary.com. Care of the self without medical or other professional consultation. I'll admit that sounds really good in theory, right? Like if if I can take care of myself and not have medicine or anyone in the medical field or, or professionally helping me take care of myself, that sounds really great, right? But for the longest time, anytime that self-care was brought up, I just had this weird feeling about it. And I've talked it out with my, with my best friend Richard over the last year or so, um, and we've come up with some things um, that we believe and, and we're, where we believe the scripture goes and I'm going to be diving into that stuff. But here recently I've started listening to a podcast called uh, The Real Marriage um, with Pastor Mark Driscoll and his wife Grace Driscoll. And something they say on almost every episode is what God creates, Satan counterfeits. And and this, I believe, really rings true when it comes to self-care. I, I believe that there is something, um, there is something that that I call God care, and that was what was originally and uh, what was intended to be um, the type of care for ourselves. And I believe that God created God care, and that Satan then counterfeited that God care and made it self-care. And so over the basis of these claims that I'm that I'm making, these statements that I'm making, well, um, they're found in our core scripture for this week, and that is Matthew 22, verses 28 through 30. And we're really going to be um, focusing in on verse 28 uh, for this week. And so here's what it says. This is Jesus speaking. He's speaking to a large number of people um, after his ministry has started to, to gain some traction and, he, and it's taken off. He's actually already commissioned his, his disciples to go out and heal people and cast out demons and, and preach and teach. And so this is what Jesus says. He says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. 
for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, a couple of, of weeks ago, Jasmine and I talked about that word yoke. And if you didn't get a chance to check that out, definitely check out that episode. It's one of my favorites that I've done so far, um, probably because my co-host was smoking hot. Um, <laughs> I love you, Jasmine. Um, but we talked about the term yoke. Uh, it's not used very often in, in today's society, uh, but what it is is it's a, a device that is over the shoulders of two beasts of burden um, so that they can both plow a field, till the field, whatever needs to be done. And Jesus is saying that he has a yoke, right? He's not saying, come to me and I'll just sweep you up into my arms and and take you along and, and everything's going to be easy. That's not what happens. He says, I have a yoke and it's light. And so, and so this paints this picture that Jesus is coming along with us and probably going to take the, the majority of the weight of those burdens and of being weary. And he's going to take the majority of it, but we still got a part to play in it. And so, again, we're going to be focusing a lot on the uh, verse 28. And that is, come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So let's pray, guys. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you and I love you. And I love you for, for what, what you do, for who you are, for the salvation that you gave me, Lord. I thank you so much that you have given me this voice, that you have given me this platform to spread the gospel. God, I pray and thank you that I live in a place where I can talk about these things openly and post about these things openly. And God, as we move into a time of, of uh, dealing with a difficult subject, something that's a bit controversial, something that most people probably already have their own decisions and ideas on what self-care is and what it isn't, God, I pray that you break down those barriers, you break down those walls, that you soften our hearts to hear and receive what it is that you have to say, Lord. God, please just move me aside and just speak through me, Holy Spirit. I love you and I thank you. And I pray all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So self-care kind of versus God-care. And today... Um, we're going to be, I'm going to be diving into probably the biggest question and, and that is what is the main difference between, um, self-care and God care? And we're going to be looking at that question. What's the main difference, um, towards the end, but to build up to that, we're going to be looking at the differences. We're going to be, con uh, comparing and contrasting basically self-care and God care. And what better place to start than the origin Okay, um, through my research, I came to find out that self-care, the origins of self-care, is actually um, the first time that it really hit the mainstream, um, and people in the majority, uh, people in society, started using this, these different techniques, these different things, started using that phrase of self-care, was actually in the late 1960s, so a little over 50 years now. 
we have been using this word, this phrase, self-care, and been implementing these techniques of self-care. Now, before that, these these techniques, these things were it was being called self-care, but it was mainly for those who were mentally ill and those who were in hospice or, you know, basically about to die. It was just all to get their mental state to a place of functioning and and living as as best as possible. So the the origin of self-care dates back about a little over 50 years now. The origin of God care, we have to go way, 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 way back. All the way back to the very first book of the Bible. So Genesis chapter uh, chapter 2, verses 18. Uh, and I'm going to be reading 18 uh, through 22. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field, all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, and all the beasts of the field. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So that was verse 20. So basically what's happening is, is God says, okay, Adam is here. Um, he, he has this amazing, he has this amazing relationship with me. Um, he's a perfect being. I made him in my image, uh, in our image. Um, God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit. And so everything is good for man, but he's still lonely. He, he has he has relationship with God but he's still lonely and so God says okay well I'll find him a, a helper because I've given him these tasks to do and so he calls all the animals to come to Adam and Adam is naming them off and he's like you're a giraffe you're a you know dodo bird I don't know why he would call him a dodo bird that, that if I was a dodo bird I'd probably be like hey why, why did you that's kind of mean dude um, anyway he's you're, you're a dodo bird. You way over there who won't come over to me, uh, you're a cat because cats don't do what humans want them to. The one that was like right there at his feet, wagging his tail, just happy, panting and wanting to be petted. He's like, you're man's best friend. You're a dog. So, so what happens? God says, um, no suitable helper was found. So the piggyback up, picking back up in verse 21. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. So woman comes onto the scene. Woman is created from man. Uh, Eve is created from Adam. So Eve comes onto the scene and she, you know, throws out all of his stuff out of the hut and starts putting up her own stuff. And I'm just, just kidding. That's that, that might've happened, but, uh, thank you God that you, that you made women, uh, more homely and, and able to put together a home because, 
yeah, we, we'd probably be in, uh, us guys would probably be in lawn furniture uh, inside an empty apartment. So thank you uh, for that, God. But basically the whole, the whole point of this is, is the fact that from the very beginning, there was something that was missing deep down inside of a person, inside of Adam, inside of man. And, you know, being a man, being a fixer like I am, Adam was like, oh, okay, well, I'll just go find somebody as God, like, brought these, these animals to him. I'll, I'll have a task that'll make me feel better. But nothing did. So, the, at the core of it, God is the one who fixed the problem because Adam couldn't. So when it comes to us, that still applies. When there's a problem, especially deep down inside, when there's a problem of anxiety, when there's a problem of loneliness, when there's a problem of depression or stress or anger, man can't fix that. God can. He's the only one who can. So on to like what the resources are. This, this shocked me uh, a little bit, kind of sort of didn't, um, but the self-care industry is an $11 billion industry. And that, that includes books and websites and seminars, all things that, that are resources for self-care. The, the way to deal with this, there's a book for it. The way to deal with anxiety, there's a book for it. The, the way to deal with making friends, there's a book for it. How to better your life, there's tons of books for it. And on the flip side, the resources for, um, as far as like tangible resources for God care, the Bible. God's holy word. This, this Bible, I am spending a year reading through with Jasmine. We've gotten a little behind, but it, it should only take us a year to read through the entire Bible. Um, I have a friend from high school who I just found out today is started reading through the Bible in 90 days on the Version app. There's a, uh, Bible in 90 days. And it's like, whoa, you know, like that's, that's crazy to me. Um, more power to her. Uh, I'm glad that she's doing it. But you can read through the entire Bible. If you even, if you took just 1% of that entire industry of self-care, it's a hundred million dollars plus. I couldn't read through a hundred million dollars worth of books. I couldn't go to a hundred million dollars worth of seminars. I couldn't go through a hundred million dollars worth of, read through a hundred million dollars worth of, of websites or, or any combination of the three. So how am I supposed to truly take care of myself if there's a million, uh, if there's 11 billion dollars worth of resources out there? And I could not even scratch the surface of 1% of that. Seems like a no-brainer to me. Read the one book that has never changed and the one book that still applies today. 
So what's being said about each um, type of care? What's being said about self-care? Well, I went and researched uh, self-care. I just Googled you know, self-care tips, top self-care ideas, things like that. And I read through quite a bit of, of, of stuff, but I decided to take five what I would call quote-unquote reputable uh, websites. And they all had lists and everybody likes lists. And so I took these five reputable um, websites, took their lists and I wrote each one of them down um, and, and, and kind of cross-referenced them and stuff. And, and so these are the websites that I, that I got and these are the number of things that they propose or ideas that they propose will contribute toward a healthy self-help, okay? So here are, the, here are the websites. The first one was Oprah Magazine, and it had 25 different things to do. The second was Psychology Today, and it had 12 things to do. The next one was greatest.com, and it had 25 things to do. Then the, the fourth one was best housekeeping, and it had 45 things to do. And then the last one was, the fifth one was best life online, and it had 40 things to do. That is a total of 147 different individual things to do to care for yourself. Now. Granted, some of them said the same things, and so I condensed them. It came down to about 60-ish different things that you can do to contribute to self-care. 60 different things. So what were some of those things? Well, I'm glad you asked, because I'm gonna share those with you. These were some of the most popular things um, that, were, that were on that list. Uh, get a massage, eat healthy, say no to others and yes to yourself, take breaks, go on trips, take breaks from social media, get ample sleep, declutter, exercise, meditate. Now I'm going to be the first one to say inherently, and I have to say this because some people just take what you say and run with it. But inherently, these things are not bad. They're not of the devil, right? Like, it, I'm not saying that ample sleep is what the devil wants you to do. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. Let's, let's be a little more discerning than that. I'm, I'm saying that these things aren't necessarily bad, but there's still something missing. I mean, think about it. Have you ever gone and done some of these things thinking that your stress will be relieved. Thinking that problem that you have will all of a sudden go away. Well, if you have, you're in good company because I've done the same thing. I, I really like getting massages, okay? Uh, I've, I've gone and had massages um, done. I, I've, I've gone and gotten myself a massage multiple times for Jasmine's birthday this last year, I took her to go get mani-pedis together, and yes, I am man enough to say that I got a mani-pedi, and it felt amazing, okay? I love those things, and I, there were, there have been plenty of times where I've been stressed out, and I said, you know what, I just need to go get a massage and relax, 
I went and got the massage, I paid my fee, and then it turns out that that stress, that anxiety is still there. <laughs> it feels great during, but afterwards it's still there. I've even gone on vacations thinking that everything is gonna be great, I'm gonna relax, I'm gonna, I'm gonna calm down, everything will melt away, and doesn't happen. New stresses pop up, or that same old stress that I had is still there, or I come back and that stress hits me like a ton of bricks. What is said about God care? What's, what's out there? Well, we look to the Bible. The core scripture didn't say, come to me, you who are weary and burdened and, and I'll teach you how to meditate. Jesus didn't say, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I'll give you a massage. He didn't say, come to me all who are weary and heavy burdened and I'll teach you how to say no to other people and yes to yourself. No, he didn't say that. He said, come to me, all who are weary, and I, I will give you rest. That's Jesus will give you rest. So the number one example, I believe, that we should be looking at whenever it comes to self-care, or not self-care, when it comes to God care, is Jesus. And Luke 5.16, it says something very interesting that I always was just like, man, that's, it seems a little out of place based on some of the theology that I have about going and spreading the gospel and, and all that. But it really, it, it really makes you think and it, and it really applies. So Luke 5, 16, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. That's the big part of it, and prayed. Jesus sometimes went and did things by himself, but he didn't just go and do things by himself. He prayed. So what, what is he doing while he's, while he's praying? He's being filled by the Father. We should, be, we should be following Jesus' example. Whenever it comes to God care, we need to be being filled by the Father. And so when were some of these times where he was going off and being alone and being filled by the Father. Well, one of the one of the places is uh, one chapter back in Luke. It's Luke four uh, one and two is what I'm going to be reading, and it's before he started his ministry. It says Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. And at the end of them, he was hungry. The key word, uh, the, the key thing here to keep in mind is he was alone in the desert, but he had the Holy Spirit with him. He was led by the Spirit. So these 40 days before starting his ministry, and that's, and that's what really propelled his ministry. This is the first thing that happened before he started his ministry. He went and spent time in the wilderness, by himself, with the Holy Spirit being filled before going and doing the work of the Father. Now Jesus also, he wants us to be alone and to recharge. 
He wants us to. And and where we find that is in the book of, of Mark, chapter 6. I'm going to be reading 30 and 32. He's telling us, uh, by telling his apostles, his disciples, to rest and recharge. He says this. This is... This is a pretty stressful time. He just got done preaching and teaching a whole lot. Um, he, I don't remember if he had already, I think he had already heard the news that his cousin John, uh, John the Baptist had been, uh, had been beheaded, had been killed. Um, and so there's a lot going on. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him, all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going, that they did not ha even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Jesus said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. So right here, he wasn't saying, okay, Peter, you go over there and be by yourself completely. Uh, you know, John, you go over there and be by yourself completely. No, he said, all right, come with me and let's be by ourselves. This is very, this is very interesting because Jasmine, when she needs to like get some rest and, and get recharged, she has to be completely by herself. She, uh, she goes and and sits in bed or, or wherever and she, I, I don't know, she watches TV, she, uh, you know, edits her YouTube channel, she, you know, does nothing, she lays and cuddles with the dogs, I don't know, but she has to do these things by herself to get recharged. Me, on the other hand, I need to be around other people, I'm a very social person, if I'm by myself too long, then I get worn down and I get tired and weary and, and grouchy, and I need to be around other people to recharge me. But it's only just like one or two people at a time. If I'm around um, Richard, then, then and we're just hanging out and talking, man, I am completely recharged. I can take on another, another week with just that. If I'm around Jasmine for, you know, six hours or something like that, and it's just the two of us, man, I, I'm like the Energizer Bunny, I can do I can do anything and everything basically at that point. So basically Jesus is saying, go and be alone. And it looks different to everybody. You can go and be alone by yourself. You can go and be alone with other people. But go and be alone and recharge uh, whenever you need it. But, but, here's a caveat right here. A couple verses down, Jesus, uh, this happens as well. And this is, this is Mark 6, 34. He says, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Jesus, what he's doing right now is he just a couple of verses earlier said, go and be by yourself and recharge. It's important to do that. But he did not deny the needs of other people to give himself what he felt like he wanted or needed. He didn't do it. He That doesn't sound like to me saying no to others and saying yes to myself. 
Now, every once in a while it has to happen, but Jesus realized that the needs of other people are still to come above your own if you are to really, truly follow after Christ. Now, a couple more times where Jesus shows us the example of um, reasons why, when to, um, to take in God care, right? To go and be filled by the Father and um, to exhibit some sort of care uh, on ourselves um, would be before, um, before making important decisions and then also in times of distress. And the, the, the time of important decisions is found in Luke 6, 12, and 13. Um, this is this is right before the big in, the big decision that he's making. The important decision that he's making is he's whittling down at this point who is going to be his disciples and his apostles. So, starting in verse 12, one of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. It says he went and all night he prayed. That doesn't sound like like ample sleep is the is the answer. It sounds like being filled with the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Father's strength and and being filled with God's discernment is the thing to do. And then in times of distress, this is also in Luke. Luke 22, verses 39 through 46. Uh, Luke, Luke has a very detailed description of the gospel because he was a, he was a doctor. Um, and so it's very, very detailed, uh, detail-oriented. Um, and so that's why a lot of this we're spending time in Luke. So the time of distress is... That Jesus knows that he is about to be arrested and crucified, killed, murdered for the sins of the world. And so we pick up, like I said, in verse 39. Jesus went out, as usual, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down, and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And he, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep exhausted from sorrow why are you sleeping he asked them get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation the disciples fell asleep humans they fell asleep they they gave in to the human urges but jesus that entire time so full of distress so so being full of anguish, he prayed to the Father. That he was filled with the Father's strength. So let's, 
I mean, that's the example that we need to be following whenever it comes to God care. Now, I bring all that up, and I and again, like I said before, inherently the things of self-care are not necessarily bad. Some of those items we actually should be doing, like eating healthy and sleeping enough and exercising. And find that in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, and 20. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price, therefore honor God with your body. That's Paul talking to the Corinthians. A lot of it, like this, this comes in context of talking about sexual sin and the fact that sexual sin is actually a sin against your own body and keeping yourself pure in that, in that department. I think it also applies because I, I feel like the Bible, um, it, it's living, it's breathing, it's, it's, you know, you can read something one day and it mean one thing and the next day means something else completely different to you. God can speak through, through the, through the Bible that way. And, and I think that it also applies with your physical body as well, because if we are being called temples and we need to take care of temple, our, our temple, we need to eat healthy. We need to exercise. We need to get enough sleep. Another area that talks about this is another, it's another letter uh, from Paul to the Romans, Romans 12, 1. Therefore, I urge you brothers in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. If you know anything about uh, sacrifices, because he's calling our bodies living sacrifices. If you know anything about sacrifices, sacrifices um, back in during the law, they were supposed to be pristine and perfect and um, they were supposed to look good. There were not supposed to be any def defects. It's the way it was supposed to be. So we need to be taking care of our bodies, right? Those things are good. But what's, what's the main difference between doing it for, uh, as far as self-care and doing it as far as God care? We're getting there. Second thing is meditation. I meditate. Okay, and it's backed up in scripture back in the Old Testament, Joshua 1 8. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. And it's not one of those like, oh, you're gonna make a whole lot of money, blah 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 blah. No, it's just, just meditate on the laws of the Lord. Meditate on the Word of God because that will fill you up. It will, it will help you in, in going in the right direction in life. Another area um, that it talks about meditation is the book of Psalms. And this is Psalm 1, 1 and 2. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. A blessed man is a man who is going to meditate on God's word, constantly keep it on their lips, love the word of God. 
So meditation is definitely something that should be that should be happening. I meditate doing mindful meditation where I just get all the thoughts out of my head and I just clear my head. That's great. I highly suggest it. It's really good for you. But I also meditate on scripture because the more that I take in, the more I'm going to live out. So, getting down to it. What is the main difference between God care and self-care? I think it really comes down to this. Who's at the center of each of those actions and each of those things that you're doing, right? Is it God or is it self? You know, because we can do all the same different things and if God is at the core, well then we're going to be filled up, we're gonna be doing these different things for the reasons of blessing, uh, of, of worshiping God. And if self is at the core, then it's all self-worship, right? Like think about it. If I'm going to exercise and eat healthy because I want to look good, because I want that beach body, because I want the attention, it is very much pride. But if I am eating healthy and exercising because God wants me to treat my body like a temple, well then I'm just honoring God and thanking Him for the body that He gave me and, and taking care of it. I'm being a good steward. So, so you gotta think to yourself, if I'm doing something to make me feel better, then it's probably the wrong mindset. But if I'm doing that same thing so that I can do the three things that I believe that we are set to do on this earth, and that is love God, love others, and spread the gospel. If I'm doing something, maybe the same thing, to love God better, to love others better, or to spread the gospel better, I think that that's, that's, the, that's a great mindset to have. That's the right mindset to have. That's the right way of going about doing these things to care for yourself. Because again, God can't just, God's not just gonna snap a finger and you're gonna no longer be you know, uh, lonely. You're no longer gonna struggle with anxiety. There are things that God wants you to do. I want my life to be good. I wanna take care of my life. And so, like I said, I think what it, what it ultimately comes down to is who is at the core? Is it God or is it self? So if you feel worn down, if you feel tired, you feel uh, like you're not worth it, go to God. Don't go to yourself. Don't go to the $11 billion industry and buy a bunch of books that you can hear the same thing, if not better, from one book, which is the Bible. And did you guys realize that, and, and, and this is something I probably should have mentioned earlier, but whenever, whenever I went through and I looked at all the things, all the lists that they had of these different things that you need to do for self-care, the Bible and prayer was not mentioned on any of them. And that was more than just those five websites that I went to. It was, it was probably closer to like 12 different websites that I read through these different lists. And the Bible and prayer had nothing to do with any of those lists. And I believe that's a telltale sign that Satan is counterfeiting God care and naming it self-care. And he's just trying to keep out 
the things of God and try to keep your focus on yourself. So when it comes down to if this reflects the overall uh, core scripture of, of this podcast, which is found in Matthew 22, 37 through 40, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. I think it definitely sticks with that. This is um, This has to do with a relationship with yourself and what you're doing for yourself, yes. But ultimately, it's living a life and having a relationship centered around the most important relationship and that is God so go to God to find rest not your own works because God is the one that's going to help you find rest and give you rest you can't do it yourself you have a part to play in it but if you play that part and you don't go to God you're not going to get that rest. God is a very important key to that recipe of finding rest and living the life that you're called to live. So I thank you guys for listening and watching. Uh, I hope you all got something from this. I definitely did. I know I say that every week, but this is one of those things where, man, I, I really already started putting a lot of the things that I that I talked about into practice of of. When something arises, go straight to God. Call on God. Don't don't rely on my own works. I hope you guys did as well. I hope that as we go through the rest of this week, that y'all start to implement some of these things, that y'all keep these things in mind. And next week, we'll be talking about uh, a, a difficult subject, a little bit of a difficult subject. This is something that it crosses over all barriers. Gender, race age, uh, what, whatever, whatever it might be, because I believe that everybody struggles with this or everybody has to deal with this. And I'll be talking about how to, how to deal with, how to have a relationship with that person who is just a difficult person, right? We all have that person. There's, a, there's, there's one person in everyone's life, uh, whether it's somebody you work with, whether it's a neighbor, whether it's a family member, it's just a difficult person. I've had many, and it's probably because I'm so bullheaded. Um, but the Bible does have a lot to say about how to deal with people who might be a little difficult to deal with. So I hope you all be on the lookout. Next Monday, I'll be dropping that podcast talking about how to deal with difficult people. But until then, guys, again, let's put into motion. Let's set in our daily routine these things that we talked to, that I talked about today, and um, and we really start to live out a life where we receive God care and not try to do it ourselves. I love you guys, and I hope that God blesses you. If if you would like to interact, um, leave comments messages, uh, subscribe and share these, uh, these podcasts. If it's touching your life, I hope that, uh, you can share it with someone else who it might, uh, touch as well. Um, I'm definitely not doing this for any sort of popularity. I just believe that this is God's calling in my life to help spread the gospel and help other people, um, while God is really working on me. Um, so again, I love you guys. I pray that y'all are blessed. And until next time, 
I will see you later.